Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden Artist Colors became an employee-owned company in 2002, and in 2010, the employees became the majority owners. And despite worldwide distribution, Golden product is still created on the grounds of the original barn in New Berlin using the highest standards for consistency and quality. You can find their products in pretty much every art store, and you can find more about them at goldenpaints.com. Happy New Year to you all. This week on Sound and Vision, I put together some highlights of some music talk. I'm always interested in artist music taste and thoughts, and one thing I've learned over the past couple years, I never know what to expect. Let's start things off with one of my favorites, Chris Martin. I mean, he talks about Miles Davis. Enough said. My older brothers were, you know, they discovered Beatles and all that through them, and then rock and roll. But I think that um, Motown and then the funk when it got to f- be funky like cool in the gang yeah. and when curtis uh, started doing great stuff um parliament so i am yeah parliament i'm in like high school when shaft came out the first movie mm-hmm. so um i think a friend of mine went to a theater the rko keith down by the white house we were the only two white kids in the audience to see shaft <laughs> Um, so Isaac Hayes was just a huge hero of mine. Yeah. Um, and it was a very segregated city, uh, Washington. So, um, you know, my education was in this very, you know, upper middle class white world. Yeah. And everybody was going off to a fancy college. <clears throat> but then the, 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 I discovered Picasso and modern art and Motown. So those two things are linked Modernism and Motown are the, <laughs> are the two foundations. <laughs> I, free museums and a great music town. Free museums. Did you have a choice? <laughs> free museums. Right? I guess if you're, if you're leaning creative, that's a pretty good environment. We were very lucky. I didn't realize that all museums weren't free all right. over the place. So then when I got to um, college, I'm, high school, somebody gave me a Miles Davis record. They gave me Bitches Brew. And it, I couldn't hear it. I, it was too crazy for yeah. me. Uh, you got to be ready. Tenth or eleventh grade. And so then, by the time I got to college, I put it on again, uh, having taken LSD, and it made perfect sense. I like, oh, yeah. Oh, I get it. It's incredible. <laughs> what about on the corner? Was that? Did you buy that right away? Um, I first did Bitches Brew. Um, then I did um, In a Silent Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, went backwards a little bit. Then on the corner. Yeah. Uh, when I saw Miles live in New Haven, that would have been 72 or 3. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of funk yeah. with, I think, two or three pianists. And um, they just came on stage and they just started playing. It was kind of linear? Yeah, it just went on for about an hour. He, he would come on, um, turn his back to the audience, play. I remember him coming out with a a bloody tissue up one nostril and then go off stage, come back with a bloody, I guess they were all super coked up. Yeah. Um, but I, I became a real Miles kind of fanatic. So then anybody that played with Miles, I would 
look him up, and that's how I got to Herbie Hancock and um, I think um, Benny Malpin. Were you into Benny that Malpin? I love Benny Malpin. Yeah. bass clarinet underrated. Underrated. Such great. a great instrument. I mean, I found it through Dolphy, but you quickly, if you go down the bass clarinet wormhole, it's not too too deep. Love Benny Malpin. <laughs> and then there was what was the group that Herbie had uh, that was called the Headhunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really good. Um, and then Weather Report and um, Chick Corea. Um, uh, you know, all those pianists that, that were playing. Um, um, and then, and then weirdly enough, I went back and started understanding Coltrane and, you know, Parker and all of that from miles backwards. I didn't do it. Which is a circuitous route. <clears throat> right, which is, I started with like funky jazz, electric But, but jazz. you were coming of age in a time where that kind of experimentation made sense. Yeah, I remember each new Weather Report album. I remember getting these records when they first came out. Yeah. Um, And um, Billy Cobham records, Lenny White, um, Stanley Clark, the bassist. Mm -hmm. Um, And did you go see all those guys play? I saw a fair amount of them. But I think, like a lot of people, my experience of music was you know we had record players and then we had tape cassettes yeah my sister used to make me a tape thing that she had a hooked up thing where she strapped it we could go skiing Mm -hmm. and she hooked up a tape player that she strapped around like a walkman yeah like she strapped it like early she made it herself oh yeah and um and we used to play like santana it was like great like um ski music Next, an old friend, Diana Al-Hadid. I used to have a studio in the same building as Diana's studio, and uh, I remember going to my studio every day and passing by hers and noticing, um, you know, Biggie Smalls would be on the radio or NPR, and I was always really interested in her musical taste, and we would chat about that. So in this clip, we talk a little bit about her studio music. in all the time there was it was like a Tupac Biggie heavy playlist are you still less Tupac more Biggie but yeah yeah but there was Tupac wasn't there occasionally yeah there's like a there's like a little bit of Tupac but then NPR too too, so what are you have you because you have people who work with you or for you so we'll say with I'm just kidding yeah They, well, alongside, yeah, alongside, they're right by my side. Yeah. So does that weigh into your music decisions? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do certain things. I mean, I just I, I tend to let them take the rein because. Um, you want them to be comfortable. I, of course, I want them to be comfortable, and they would be comfortable with whatever I put on too. I think, um, but also like it's new, fresh, you know, yeah. input when someone else put stuff in yeah and they tend to listen to the radio a lot or like podcasts we listen yeah. to a lot of comedy podcasts those are good yeah that was my gateway into podcasting yeah really? comedy ones huh. like who like mark Marin and you know pete holmes and pete nerdist holmes is the best. yeah he's really good he's so good he's really good and yeah. the nerdist like all those yeah. i know yeah. all of them um even anna Ferris has one now that's really funny uh-huh. and um yeah lucy's an expert on that yeah they're entertaining 
Yeah. And when I'm driving, I drive a lot, so yeah. it's... I used to think just music will keep me awake at 6 a.m. on the road yeah. because I just blast the music. But after a while, you start to just yeah. zone out. Yeah. Podcasts, I feel like you're in the conversation, so you stay awake at the wheel, yeah. which is important. No, it definitely activates different parts of the brain, I'm sure. I don't know. I haven't listened to music the way I used to, though. It's been it's been more of a lull. We used to also listen to a lot of audiobooks, or I do, when um, it's just me, like, drawing or something. Um I can't do that. Audiobooks. You can't do audiobooks? No, I zone when out. When you're working? Or in general. Oh, really? It's huh. bad. Oh, I zone I can out. I really do audiobooks. I'm really into them. I can't read. Huh. <laughs> you're literate. <laughs> Next up is Jeff McFetteridge. Now everyone knows Jeff has done a million things that are, you know, amazing from his design work to, you know, the art directing for the Beastie Boys magazine, the Grand Royal magazine. Um, he did a, a music video for Whitest Boy Alive. He's done like a lot of really cool projects and a lot of them are uh, related to music. So, of course, I wanted to sit down and talk with him and knew we'd have some sort of connection over music growing up skateboarding from that same sort of scene. So, here's Jeff. sort of like well if i'm gonna do t-shirts for bands like can i have a band and then make t-shirts for myself right. <laughs> it definitely felt like that was my musical up but yeah and it was a time when i think everybody sort of had bands yeah so it was like the extracurricular thing to do right if yeah. you were kind of any to some extent counterculture you yeah. just didn't want to do sports yeah you play in a band like you skateboarded and had a punk oh band. yeah skating so it's like skateboarding in a punk band you sort of had both like um and then you sometimes then you would sort of choose like, well, I'd rather wear Doc Martens than Airwalks, right. so I'm just gonna stop skateboarding and yeah. just be like smoke and play in a band. But th- but I mean it's cool. Like it was a it was a great culture. I definitely was around people who had really good bands. Yeah, I feel like you know. Well, I feel like we're probably grew up in a similar time frame, correct? I I'm you know yeah I grew up you know I mean in, you you were. Was it kind of like starting off with Minor Threat and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Moving into Public Enemy? and Yeah, like the first punk show I saw was DOA, yeah. which was a Canadian version yeah, of sort of, you know, I don't know what they were like, a, I don't know what the parallel would be in them, like, but it's like hardcore, yeah. circle jerks, you know. That made me Black think of flag. DRI, remember them? Yeah, DRI, I saw DRI, you know, GBH, Yeah, those bands would come, I'd, you know, it was, and I think it's like every... Like people my age, like you grow up, grow up, and you have this shared history, like your history where you grew up, or friends of mine now living in California, and you share this history. Like we were sort of wearing the same clothes and listening. It's a strange, um, uh, it's like a connecting thread through. Yes, very consistent. Yeah. Well, now it must just be YouTube or Spotify that connects everything, or you know what I mean? Yeah, like you're actually listening to the same MP3, right? Like literally the same MP3 yeah. at the same time. We were all just listening. Yeah, we, we were, were going to the same basement shows. Like yes, the same bands yeah. were playing. Yeah, and then some people had a tighter, like a closer connection. Yeah, you know. To yeah, culture. I mean, we were close to DC, and that seemed to be a yeah. huge kind of you know hub. Yeah, so my like, friend. Yeah, my friends who grew up. Yeah, in the, in the East Coast scene, you were very. Yeah. It was heavier. Yeah. But I, and that's impressive. People going on tour, 
I, you know, when I was in a band, we went on tour. We didn't go north of Chicago or Seattle. It was just, it seemed like it would be hard oh, to do. I mean, yeah, to get paid $500. Like, I don't know, because the distance isn't, it just didn't make sense. And, we, like, we didn't have the automobile capability to get through any inclement no. weather. Yeah, <laughs> we were no, exactly. Driving some pretty, yeah. you know, wonky yeah. cars. Yeah. So. No. And, like, the, like, we, like, I never saw bad brains. Because also, if you had a criminal record... Yeah, you can't you, go over the border. You can't cut over the border. So that means... Half the punk band. All the guys in the Melvins <laughs> no didn't GGL. have a criminal record. No GG <laughs> No GG <G-G-L. laughs> no Or did he make it? No, he didn't no, make it. No, no, no. No GG Allen. I wasn't very aware of GG Allen like, I wasn't, at that time. I yeah. wasn't until later, too. You weren't? Yeah. I, don't, I didn't that? know GG Allen until... We our band recorded at Steve Albini's studio. Okay, yeah. we were watching a bunch of like Decline of the Western Civilization. Yeah. The first time I saw that, uh-huh. and then there was stuff about Gigi. There was a video of Gigi Allen. But he wasn't in that. No, no. no but really, it was. Yeah. We were watching a bunch of stuff from that yeah. era. Yeah, yeah. there was a no. Little... There was a lot of stuff I missed out on. Yeah, that I didn't like. No internet. No, it's harder. You just kind of find what finds you. In yeah, a way. like I never listened to The Damned. Yeah. In the like, wire, I didn't know the wire. No, this no. Is like, I mean, there's. I mean, obviously, there's so much music in here, but stuff that I would have liked, you know? right? But you have your local bands. So we had a band called Beyond Possession mm-hmm. and a band called SNFU. Oh, um, that sounds. SNFU good. had some traction. Yeah, and Beyond Possession really should have. They were on, I think, both of them, but definitely Beyond Possession had two great songs on Thrasher magazine had skate rock compilations that got out there to a lot of people. Yeah. They were yeah. Gr- really good. I don't know who was doing them, but they were really sort of amazing and beyond possession ones on those. So it's like, you felt like you had this connection mm-hmm. to something, but we, but I feel really lucky for those bands, how good they were. You know, when you look back and I see photos now, I'm like, Oh, they were just kids, but they were these really heavy, great sort of thrash. Yeah. bands. Up next, Tracy Thomason. I had an inkling she would be into classical music, heady compositions, etc. She broke out Drake and Miley Cyrus. Here's Tracy. Do you? I, I love music. Yeah. I'm not a musical person aside <laughs> aside from my love for karaoke. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. The, the karaoke talent aside, what do you like to listen to? <laughs> I'm usually listening to pop music, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like Drake and Miley Cyrus and yeah. things like that. Um, I think that they're just they feel really direct in their emotive content. Right. Um, well, Drake could be the Alfred Lord Tennyson of our day. True, true, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, so, He's a storyteller. Yeah, yeah, right? Pop music. But do you, I mean, I could picture classical, like you listening to classical music as well, but not so much. Not so much. Not so much now. I grew up listening to a lot of classical music, mm-hmm. you know, Vivaldi and, and things right. of that nature. Um, or... Um, things that are, are are less, I guess, like lyrically based, um, kind of like some like 1960s, like more like psychedelic yeah. um, pieces are interesting to me. Like Alice Coltrane is incredible. Yeah. No, 
one plays the harp like Alice Coltrane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing stuff. <laughs> but do you go out to see music at all? Or you like? A- I, I don't. Just karaoke. Just karaoke. It's just like very self-satisfying. <laughs> in the pop, I mean, it's it's perfect for kind of pop music too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up is Ellen Birkenblatt, who is just the coolest artist and the coolest person. So I was really curious as to her musical tastes, and of course, she breaks out a classic, a little Zeppelin. This is Ellen. I know, I think that's funny. Um, there are just a few people in this world, <laughs> my husband mostly, and my family members who have seen me not composed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And you can ask them. Right, right. <laughs> um, but in general, yeah, in general. Well, it's in there, clearly. <laughs> I mean, these are very, you know, active, I don't, engaged. I don't trot it out often. Right, right. Um, in in. Yes. Well, I feel like in my work, there's a lot of real, I mean, even though it looks kind of pleasant, there's a lot of really dark ideas behind it, but I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. <laughs> you know what I mean? You are, yeah. You know, sometimes the work is a place to let out things that you don't let out in your day-to-day, or it's just a different, you know, that's like things that are happening in your mind that don't necessarily relate to the way that you're carrying yourself or that you are. Anyways, that's a side note. But no, I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying. Um, I just didn't know if I was going to come over today and you were going to have like, you know, bleached out hair and like loud music blaring and just, yeah. but you seem so. I know, I'm very demure. Yes, very demure. And um, right, as I said that into the mic, it reminds me of, you know, sweaty balls, right? <laughs> we're doing the NPR. Right. <laughs> very demure. <laughs> Oh. What do you listen to when you're working? Or do you go silent? Both. I the silence and it uh and then I listen to a lot of music if I if yeah. it's not silent. So, um I listen to pretty much everything, but I have to say mostly it's um this is so cliché, but it's stuff from the 70s. Um Zeppelin? when I was <laughs> Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, stuff that I listened to when I was in high school, I think, yeah. is what I still listen to. So I think that's the the weird um, thing that happens to a lot of people. It was a good time. And it also there's, was a really good There was good some time. good music that came out. I love Zeppelin. That's how I learned how to play guitar. I listened to the box set and just played by ear, you know. So I have a real sort of intimate knowledge of those songs. But like you were saying, I have no idea what he's singing about. It always <laughs> felt like Lord of the Rings-ish to me or something. <laughs> like it's, it's oh, so, I, yeah, uh, it's so fantasy or something like, you know, Vikings. Yeah, exactly. I listen a lot to Fairport convention. I think that's, um, that really is a, a crucial band for me. Fairport connection. Convention. Convention. I don't know this band. I stumped you. I love that. Crap. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that though when cuz there's things that slip through the cracks. Yeah. What do they sound what it, what's Um it's really British, really um like mod, like whoish? No, not mod at all. Uh I love that that's what I, I pictured the Union Jack when you said British and then the Who. Right. Well, I love <laughs> the Who. I couldn't love the Who more. Oh, Keith oh Moon. God. Yeah. I th- yes, Keith Moon. I think about um 
Pete Townsend doing windmills is the what I feel like when I'm painting. That's amazing. That's really great. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah. I show my my son plays guitar. You know, he's like ten years old, and when he f- started really getting into it and getting into ACDC and Zeppelin and stuff, I showed him a video of Townsend just breaking. You know, just that, and then Hendrix with the fire. Yeah. I, I feel like you've got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> this is how awesome it can be. Yeah. <laughs> like try to feel like that while you're playing. Yeah. So you're doing windmills in here when you're. <laughs> I actually am, um, and I wonder sometimes. If I'm, yeah, what I look, yes, anyway, never mind. I was thinking that um, of Spinal Tap and how um, they do those rock and roll faces as they're playing guitar, which is hysterical. And I just think it would be really funny if a painter did that while they were painting. I don't think I do. You don't turn it up to 11? (laughs) Well, I don't make those faces. Right, (laughs) yeah. um, And last but not least is Danny Orchard, who brought some indie rock into the podcast and uh, some family ties with making music, too. Here's Danny. Zero other interests or talents makes it made it a lot easier for me. I didn't, um, you know, diverge at all and do music or anything like that. I've never I have a lot of musician friends and it's kind of a big part of my social life actually but I don't make any music um, do you guys so see just, a lot of music? yeah actually no a friend of mine is in a band with my brother-in-law they're called Sister Pact they're actually playing a show tonight at uh-huh. Mercury Lounge with um, US Girls nice you know them? and uh, what kind of music? it's it? kind of like like sample kind of dance music uh-huh. um, and Logan does the sampling and the singing and he has it's kind of really beautiful. I mean, he distorts it pretty mm-hmm. heavily. Uh, and then Omar, my brother-in-law, does. Uh, he's pretty virtuosic guitar player, and that's their setup. And then um, I have Omar, the same guy's in the band called Language, mm-hmm. and he plays guitar in that band as well. Uh, so you're around a lot of yeah. Musicians. So there's a lot of musicians in my life, and kind of growing up as well. My brothers all played music yeah to varying degrees of you know commitment (laughs) no fame zero fame (laughs) (laughs) but Uh, it was around yeah it was around and i dated um a guitarist for a long time when i was an undergrad Mm -hmm. yeah how was that (laughs) (laughs) oh let's move on (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if he would ever listen to this i haven't talked to him in years it didn't it didn't go well (laughs) well you know yeah Anyway. Early age. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. You've moved on. Yeah, hopefully we both have. So what, do you listen to music at all in the studio? Um, Yeah, you know, sometimes I do. I need to get, I don't have a really good sound. I think I don't like listening to it not on a good sound system. Oh, yeah. Because it sounds so shitty to me. In podcasts, I don't really care. Um, You should get yourself some Bose noise canceling. Yeah, I was thinking about it. You can get in your own world. I was just shopping, yeah. So you could just move around and stuff. Totally, I was just looking at some on Amazon. I got my wife a pair of those, and she really liked At first she was like, oh, this is is nice. Mm -hmm. And then like a couple weeks later, these are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I don't have to listen to the rest of the world's crap. Yeah, Yeah. and I don't want to, you know, we have all this shared airspace in the studio, and I don't Mm want to disrupt those guys either. So maybe that's the the route I should take. I recommend. Yeah. So what kind of music? 
Oh. Sampling dance music? No, no. I like that band a lot, though. Um, but I've been listening to um, a lot of different stuff. I think primarily I'm into kind of post-punk, uh-huh. like, um, like Proto-Martyr and Ott. Do you know those bands? I don't. Ott's from Montreal, and um, they're amazing. And Proto-Martyr is from Detroit, I think. Were you a non-neo-punk <clears throat> punk fan? Um, I don't know how I got, I mean, I loved sort of emo music when I was younger. Um, I'm interested. What, I, is that, what you, I don't know if that's what you, I'm really bad at classifying sure. stuff. I emo, think, like who? Just, yeah. Like, um, like at the drive-in, I was a big fan of at the drive-in. Don't know. Was you that, don't know that? I bet you would recognize like, Promise Ring. Was that before Yeah. You? That stuff was a little bit before me before, or yeah. like, um, uh, you know, like oh, cursive old. or, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I listened to that stuff, but it was sort of the next generation of those right, bands. Right. Um, I don't know if I know those bands. Because I kind of grew up with the Unwounds and the right. all that stuff. Yeah. Like I used to see bands like that all the time playing basements and stuff. In basements, wow, that's yeah. crazy. Um, I loved uh, Built to Spill. I still really like oh, Built to yeah. Spill. I've seen From them Twin Falls, Idaho. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was a big undergraduate school record for. Uh, which was, one? Um, the the one with um, keep it like a secret is that is that the one with the clouds on it? I think so. It's they like pink a, with clouds. I think they have a bunch of albums, right? It was early. This yeah. was one of their first ones. And then uh, Guided by Voices was big. And I love, Pavement. Yeah, of course. All yeah, that stuff. Totally. We listened to a lot of that. We were still listening to that stuff when I was in um, undergrad. The Yeah Yeah Yeahs had just come out mm-hmm. with Fever to Tell. That was a that was a new one. Yeah. Um, now I really love. Angel Olsen, I've been into her. Um, Bully, I just discovered. By discovered, someone told me about it. Right. <laughs> I don't do any research. That's discovery. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess kind of, I like rock, rock mm-hmm. music. I don't know. What do nice. you listen You listen to all different kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. You're a jazz enthusiast. I'm kind of an all enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. I what are you listening all. to right now? Recently, what have I been into? The new Giraffage I've been listening to a lot. I don't know what that is. And the new Toki Monster. (laughs) Yeah, like that you're writing these down. (laughs) I can email you a list. It's like a soft pastel. (laughs) I think the mic can pick that up. (laughs) Um, What else am I listening to? Oh, man, a lot lot of stuff. I've been listening to a lot of... uh, I've got like African disco kind of funk stuff mm-hmm. from from back That's in cool. the day, like yeah. in the seventies, and mixing in some jazz and yeah, all sorts of of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that giraffage lately has been giraffage. I've, been I've never heard of them a lot too. Cool. And uh, yeah, but I kind of you know I love music. Yeah, I feel kinds. like I you know get into kind of ruts where I'll listen to the same, you know, 10 or so albums at a time. And so I tried to every once in a while, I'll, I'll look at something like, uh, like I just looked at like the Pitchfork top 100 albums from the 1970s uh-huh. and then just kind of started going down oh, nice. and just listening to them sequentially, you know? Yeah. I like doing stuff like that just to, and so when I'm doing that, I'll have it on in the studio. I yeah. guess I like not being able to predict what I'm going to listen to or right. what I'm going to hear while I'm painting. So with podcasts, that's why it's good because it's like you'll never re-listen to a podcast. Yeah. You're probably I, not, you know. I take it that you don't Spotify. I don't. I have Apple Music and I just, you know, download an album mm-hmm. at a time and kind of listen to it. 
Spotify's a few Spotify is pretty amazing. Maybe I should do that. Yeah. It's just there's everything on there. Right. And I say that as a musician who, or a past musician who's put out albums and never seen a cent from them, <laughs> and it's on there, so I'm not wow. gaining any money. What's so your band I know involved? they kind of, for a lot of artists, it's not a great money scheme sort of right, thing, right. but I have to say they have a lot of stuff on right. there. You can listen to around the world. And, and they suggest stuff to you, right? They do. There's an yeah. algorithm. There is. Everything's an algorithm. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what an algorithm is, really. <laughs> it's a it's Spotify a I just, playlist called a, Algorithm. It's a word I'd toss 33 around. 33 million users. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah, it sounds very smart. That wraps up our first edition of the music compilation of Talks About Music on Sound and Vision. Many thanks to Chris Martin, to Danny Orchard, to Tracy Thomason, Diana Al-Hadid, Ellen Birkenblit, and Jeff McFedridge. You can check out more about their work and their original podcast on soundofvisionpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and a bunch of other places on the internet and on the app store. Uh, please leave us an iTunes review and a rating. It helps out the podcast a lot. Uh, 2019, we have a lot of great artists lined up. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking to a lot of really cool people coming soon. You can find out more about my work at paintchanger.com. You can see some of my work right now on Houston Street and Elizabeth Street on the Rag and Bone mural walls. I did two new murals for them. And I've got some upcoming shows coming up this year, which I will tell you about soon. So thank you for supporting Sound of Vision. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Sound of Vision Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Alfred Studio. 